a futuristic dystopia, human augmentation, all wrapped up in an open world setting. That's right, we're doing Cyberpunk 2077. Deus Ex. What? It's not Cyberpunk 2077? No, it's Deus Ex. What the fuck is Deus Ex? It's everything you said, but better. Yeah, I went there. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Obsessive Compulsive Gamer. Uh, today, um, I'm Frank. I will be hosting, and Mike, to my right, left, whatever you want to call it, he will be co-hosting with me today. Uh, our topic of discussion is <laughs> our topic of discussion is the Deus Ex series because there are more than just the newest games. Um, today, joining us as guests, we have. Uh, Gino in the top left corner there. Uh, in the top center, we have uh, Bobby, aka Mushi Lives, returning as I'm well. I guess today. And also returning from the Persona podcast is our good friend AJ. Hello, everybody. How's it going? All righty. So, uh, Deus Ex. It's a very exciting series. Uh, unfortunately, it, I don't think it's really gotten the due it deserves. Um, but considering its troubled history and current hiatus, uh, it, it still has a pretty good legacy. Because a little bit of history is it started with the first game back in 2000. And it was actually published by Ion Storm, which if you're familiar with uh, id Software... The two heads, John Carmack and John Romero, they had a split. I think it was in 1996. I think it was right around the time Quake was actually released. And John Romero started his own software company called Ion Storm. And they were their big game was supposed to be Daikatana. And if you're really curious about the history of that game, you can look it up. I think it has what, like a 64 port and the PC port, and that's already three too many. Um, <laughs> but despite their uh, the limited uh, library that Ionstar published, they did actually release Deus Ex, which is considered a cult classic. The original Deus Ex was a PC game, although it did get a port to the PS2 called The Conspiracy, Deus Ex The Conspiracy. After that, uh, the, the next game in the series was called Invisible War, and I believe that also came out on the PS2. Am, am I correct, Gino? No, uh, it's I think it was you know Xbox. It was, was only Xbox. Xbox? Okay. Yeah, and PC, obviously, right? Yeah, and then uh, and then after that, so there was a bit of a hiatus, and then. The uh, the next game in the series was actually Human Revolution, which was 2012 ish, 2011, 2011, 2011, uh, which is actually published by uh, Square Enix. They actually uh, picked up the IP, and uh, and then there were a couple of small in between games. I think there was a mobile game that was actually 
put on PC as well called Deus Ex the the Fall. And I don't remember if there was another one. I know there was a, a, a big DLC pack for Human Revolution called The Missing Link. And then the the most recent game in the series is Mankind Divided, which really divided fans. So yeah. it had totally appropriate name. But you know, it's 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 interesting how it started, you know, because to me, like the, the golden age of PC, you know, the '90s, as far as those old games, it's just it, I, I really miss a lot of those days, and it's it's pure nostalgia. But like to me, Deus Ex, that first one, is the pinnacle of what PC gaming was up to the end of you know the century, and uh, it's got such a great story, and it's got that clunky, like not totally refined yeah. gameplay. Um, I mean, we'll we'll get into that, but to see how the the series has evolved, you know, it's it's good that it still had the life that it's had. Um, so I'm gonna let uh, my co-host go ahead and start with the first question. Okay. So, Mike. So, first of all, uh, just to get an idea where you know everyone's experience on it. Uh, First question is going to be, what what about Deus Ex drew you into its universe, and what games have you actually played? Um, and I guess let's start with uh, AJ. Hey, all right. <clears throat> uh, so what drew me into it was the atmosphere. I'm not going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, I'm not going to lie. It was that atmosphere, like that gritty, like undertone, like to everything, like, you know, uh, like, it's it's kind of not hard to describe, but you know, it's very. And I say this like not, unironically, like very RoboCopish, right? Very like, you know, gritty, very like tough cop on the street, and and that answers like the question that I've the the next part of the question, which was you know which ones have I played, which would be, uh, Human Revolution, and then, uh, Mankind Divided, and then I did play around with the original PC game just a little bit, not a lot. Nice. Yeah, the, the atmosphere is really unique, and I liked... That was the same thing that drew me into it as well. Um, I really liked just... It was amazing to look at, especially Human Revolution. And that was probably my favorite game. Um, what about you, Gino? Uh, I, um, I never had a a computer that was powerful enough to play um, the original, especially when it first came out. I, I was aware of it and I really wanted to play it, but I had, you know, like, I don't even remember what it was. It was if it was like Windows 95 or whatever, I mean, this is like 2000, yeah, but I'm like trailing behind. So I, I can never play the original um, when it first came out. I tried um, and I did, uh, I did play some of it later um, and it's awesome, but it's, I don't play PC games typically. So it was really kind of difficult for me to wrap my head around the movement and like using the keyboard. And, um, but I did like it. Um, then I did play, um, most of all of, um, the gosh, what is the Xbox one? We just, we just said it. Invisible, Invisible War. Invisible War. Yeah. Invisible War, which is great. Um, it was really, uh, people are really divided on that. And, um, <laughs> I don't know if it's for good reason. I think a lot of the groundwork that was in Human Revolution and Mankind Divide, I think a lot of it was kind of 
um, laid there. Uh, I mean, of course, in the first one, but yeah, I mean, definitely that. I think, well, I think the reasons that uh, Invisible War had a lot of issues is because it was a lot more streamlined compared to the first one. And the reason that the first one was so popular is because you had so many options, you know, whether it was dialogue or the leveling up. And it's actually really similar to the issues that I have with Mass Effect 1 compared to 2, is that with 2, they streamlined everything. I mean, for better or worse, it's still probably a superior game, but I still prefer the first Mass Effect game. But, you know, it's it's just a personal preference. You know, I, I can recognize that Mass Effect 2 is a better game, but... Invisible War does, I think it is the worst reviewed in the whole series. Not to say that it's a bad game, but it is the worst reviewed. And uh, what about what about the series appealed to you, Gino? Like, what drew you into oh. it? <laughs> oh, yeah, there was a question in there, wasn't there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, uh, I, I really like uh, the whole conspiracy edge of it. I like um, being able to go and augment yourself and then kind of uh, it feels very detective oriented. It feels very dark. I mean, you know, what else do I want to play? Nothing. You know, let's do that. <laughs> nice. So, uh, this is this is a first. I've never gotten to ask you a question, Bobby. So <laughs> the tables have turned. <laughs> My how the turntables. <laughs> uh. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to actually ask the question. <laughs> I can, if you want me yeah, to. Yeah, let, let's, let, let's live it. Let's live it out the way. All right. <laughs> so, yes, Bobby. What, <laughs> what drew you into the Deus Ex universe, and what games have you played? So, I'm a, I'm a latecomer to the Deus Ex universe, kind of like AJ. And, uh, and I mean, I know Gino and I were both aware of the Deus Ex universe when it came out. I mean, we, he and I, well, I mean, like you, Frank and Mike, I mean, AJ is the youngest one of him of us here, but even he can attest to the types of films that came out in the eighties. You know, when I, when I think of, uh, of Deus Ex, I always think of escape from New York, uh, and particularly just movies of that era that were very, uh, um, what's the word? Um, not apocalyptic, but, um, dystopian, right. Um, mm -hmm. and that's pretty much what Deus Ex is. It's a cyberpunk style game. And it takes place in a dystopian future. As a matter of fact, the very first game takes your very first mission takes place on Liberty Island, and uh, and that's that's part of what. So this is why Invisible War became more streamlined is because the original Deus Ex, particularly that Liberty Island mission area, was very difficult to get through. It was like you guys remember. I don't know if any of you guys remember playing the original Driver game on PS One, where the tutorial oh, yeah. alone was harder than the rest of the game and yeah. liberty island is essentially a tutorial right it teaches you all the elements of how to play without actually teaching you anything you have to go through and figure out everything out you know it'll give you little hints about oh you can pick up these items and you can do that but ultimately you need to learn how to stealth your way through it you have to learn how to uh, use whatever you have around you to get through it so there's not a lot of hand holding so for a lot of players they go through that liberty island and they get frustrated they go, like i i tried playing that game three different times um, before I finally got through Liberty Island and then got through about halfway through the game and then I got distracted and play it. So I actually have not finished Deus Ex. I toyed around a little bit with Invisible War on uh, uh, on my at my Xbox because I was able to get a copy of it. I do have PC copies of, uh, of Deus Ex, like physical copies now. And so now I can play it legitimately. And then I, I bought it on Steam anyway. There's a nice uh, patch for it 
for you to put it on uh, for you to play on Steam for the original Deus Ex. Um, but ultimately, it comes back to that you know being an '80s child and loving movies like RoboCop and Escape from New York, um, They Live, and and being able to then interact with that kind of world. So you got the cyberpunk aspect, you got the dystopian aspect, you got the conspiracy theories. You know, being a, a kid loving X Files back then, because that's when X Files was coming out. You have all the conspiracy theory stuff in X Files, and then playing this game, which says, "Oh yeah." Even and there are conspiracy theories, you know, it reinforces that whole mystery of the world, even though it's all a bunch of bullshit. And then, of course, you have the cybernetic aspect of it where these these humans who are modding their bodies in order to become more powerful. Right. And um, yeah. but yeah, it was all those things that drew me into it. And even though I didn't get to play them until much later, I still followed what Deus Ex was. Uh, I didn't like Gino. I didn't have a PC able to play it. I heard it wasn't worth playing it on the PS2. It was better to play it on the PC, which is why I never picked that up. You know, I never had an Xbox until, you know, Frank helped me out with that situation about four years ago now and uh, hooked me up with one. So I never had a chance to, you know, dig into Invisible War. And then like with that PC copy I found, I just got lucky and found it at a uh, uh, at a used bookstore down in, in, uh, in, in San Antonio. And, I, you know, it was there for like 10 bucks and I picked it up. So... Um, yeah, that is it. But really, my experience with Deus Ex is with uh, Mankind Divided and the previous entry, A Human Revolution. I did play The Fall. Um, chronologically, The Fall is the very first game in the series. Then it's um, Human Revolution, Mankind Divided, and then uh, the Deus Ex 1 and, and the original, right, and then Invisible and then War. Invisible right? War. So, um, yeah. yeah the, kind of like Devil May Cry, where the second one yeah. is the last in the, in the timeline, timeline and it's the worst one. <laughs> Which is good because you don't have to play it. Right. There you go. You're not going to miss anything, right? <laughs> Unless they make a sequel to it. Then you're like, oh, shit. Now I got to play through that. And it's going to be visible battle. <laughs> They're no longer invisible. <laughs> and it's not quite a war anymore. You know, it's just a scuffle. <laughs> visible scuffle. <laughs> there you go. Happy yeah. vis- visible peace. Total opposite. It'll be the most boring game in the franchise. <laughs> So, like, the other thing, like, my my love of Deus Ex also comes from the uh, a few of the other medias that they have. Like, they do have books. There's a couple books based on Deus Ex. I've actually read the, the book titled Icarus Effect, which is mm-hmm. essentially a prequel to Human Revolution. Uh, it kind of takes place at the same time as The Fall. As a matter of fact, the main character you play in there, I believe, is the main protagonist in the book as well. And so there's a connection between those like the, 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 the game, the fall kind of, it takes place before human revolution, but there's parts of the missions that take place concurrently with the beginning of human revolution. So they kind of do overlap mm. a little bit, but the, the book itself takes place before human revolution. And it's, it's an entertaining book. I mean, it's, you know, it's what it is for, you know, simple um, sci-fi storytelling. You know, they try to keep the espionage in there, but it's done in a way that, you know, they expect fans to read it or probably, uh, um, uneducated <laughs> no <laughs> i'm just being an ass but um no i mean it's written a simple way right i mean it's supposed to be a quick easy read so it, it was pretty entertaining yeah. for what it was you know and that's uh you know kind of to pair what you and aj have said you know it's like for me i ha- i have very limited experience um like I have the first game. I do have the mod, the GMDX, which, you know, upscales the graphics, cleans it up. Of course, my problem is that the the, the gamma on it is so freaking ridiculously low. 
So it's almost unplayable right now because when I get to Liberty Island, it's almost pitch yeah. black. I can see like a few of the lights in the. I don't know. I just got to mess with the settings, but you know, I, I went through Liberty Island. You know, it's very difficult. Um, and then Human Revolution. I did play through the first mission, but I have a a motion sickness issue with it, so I haven't been able to actually go back to it. And then of course. I, I heard bad things about Invisible War. Looking at the gameplay, it doesn't really appeal to me. And then I do, I, you know, I do want to play Mankind Divided, but, um, when it, and we'll get into it, you know, in a later question. But when Mike told me about it too, I'm like, oh man, that sounds not great as far as story issues and stuff like that. The but, is good, but yeah. oh, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into yeah. that. Just, I guess to answer the question a little bit, I've really only played uh, Mankind Divided and Human Revolution. Um, I haven't really played too many of the other games, but uh, from what I have played, I especially Human Revolution, I absolutely love like what they do and just all the characters and the environment and everything. To me, it, for some reason, it feels a little bit like kind of a Blade Runner type thing in a way. Yeah. I think it's that that overall cyberpunk aesthetic and also, you know, yeah. conspiracy. You know, and that's another thing, too, is that the way I heard about Deus Ex is I was actually watching a YouTube video where it says it talked about how some of the dialogue options in Deus Ex are like way ahead of their time and talking about government conspiracies. And they somehow tied it to like 9-11, but then you watch it and it's just there's a lot of interesting parallels because of like what happened with, you know, once the Iraq war started and stuff like that. And, and, you know, corporations and just the parallels were just really interesting. And that's actually how I heard about it. And this was like, I don't know, 2009, 2010. So, I mean, there was kind of like a dark period where I wasn't really following games as much as I, I did when I was younger, I'd say between the years of like 99 to 2002 2003 it was just kind of like whatever was really popular i would get so deus ex i completely missed i didn't even hear about it until way later but the you know the the dialogue and the story is always what's hailed in just about every single game mm -hmm. for sure so um so since uh we're talking about just the story and gameplay uh, Mike brought up the gameplay. This will kind of transition into our next question. And next question is... Sorry, give me one second. No problem. I don't, I, I don't remember... <laughs> I don't remember word for word. Okay. How do you feel about the shooter slash RPG style of gameplay? Because it's not a proper FPS and... It's definitely not a full RPG. Like, I think it's very unique in that way. But I'm going to go ahead and start with Gino on this question. So how do you feel about the gameplay, the shooter slash RPG style that they've developed? Um, I, I don't have a problem with it. Um, I'm not the biggest uh, first-person shooter fan, that's for sure. Um, but it's very, it keeps it very... I mean, it, it feels different when you're playing it. So... I was never like overwhelmed with like, you know, boredom of like playing a first person shooter. I mean, there was always uh, elements, you know, the, the detective elements and the, you know, the cyberpunk setting. And I mean, there was always something to keep my interest. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't, no problem there. 
Okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, to follow up on what no, you don't want to really want to. <laughs> I'll, I'll follow up on what you, you really want to The reason is when we get to human revolution and mankind divide, I have a lot to say. So I'm kind of bring right. my. I mean. Well, I mean that we're you we're, we're, we're talking about the the series in general, so that's including those games, and we're talking about the yeah. uh, shooter this, RPG. This is why you need play. to read the questions before the podcast, you know. Yeah, we don't have another specific question for what you want to talk about. So. Yeah, we don't have like, oh, what do you think about Human Revolution and Mankind Divided compared to the other games? Like specifically, this question is covering everything because they all basically have that general same style of gameplay it's just more refined in the later games that's that's kind of the point of the question well i'll I'll shoot one at you then like what do you think about each game's uh design like gameplay wise for human revolution and mankind divided (laughs) (laughs) i'm just repeating what Uh... you basically told me (laughs) No, no. I mean, it. I mean, that, I really don't have much. I never really have much to say about mechanics of a game. I mean, I really don't. Um, you just said oh, I, I, I have so much to say about Human Revolution. No, he's and mankind. He's right though. He does because I don't want to speak for him, but yeah, I, I really just, the least the thing I'm least interested in most of the time in video games is is the mechanics of it all because it's all there. I mean, I just want an experience. Um, so if I'm going to be in first person and I'm going to do shooting and whatever uh, with RPG elements, okay, you know, what's the experience? Um, so I kind of look at everything as just kind of like a whole picture instead of, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing, I don't really like this, but, but, but yeah, I mean, but I have a lot to say, so you'll see. <laughs> Actually, I think our final question will, will be good for you. No, and I think because one of the things I didn't address when you guys were asking the first question is, one of the major reasons I actually dove into playing, finally playing Deus Ex as opposed to just, you know, following the story was because of Gino, because of his love, particularly for human revolution. And he's going to talk in detail about that. So I'm not going to talk for him, but because of his passion about it, it drove me to play the game. And, uh, and, and I loved it. Now I can speak more towards the mechanics. I do like, I do think about the mechanics of games and whether I enjoy them or not. And in the case of, like, I, I think I've played enough of the original Deus Ex. I haven't played through about a little bit more than halfway through it. Um, and then, of course, playing have a, Human Revolution and Mankind Divided. So even though Human Revolution and Mankind Divided are based on the mechanics of Deus Ex, to me, it doesn't have quite the same amount of freedom as the original Deus Ex. However, that's also to its detriment because there's so much freedom and so much, you know, non-directional or no 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 directions of what to do or how to handle things. That's why that's why it's so easy for players to get lost. And I think again, that's why mm-hmm. we come back to Ion Storm kind of streamlining Invisible War. Uh, I, I, like I, I do think they went too far one way. They should have met somewhere in the middle, but unfortunately, they didn't get a chance to make a sequel to that game because they went defunct. And uh, and that's why we didn't see another Deus Ex for such a long time. But towards the mechanics themselves, I mean, for me, fundamentally. I think the mechanics are are well done enough, particularly in the more modern games, where you have the balance of you can you can be the tank and go in there and blow shit up and not worry about who you harm, or you can be as stealth as possible. You can you can metal gear the hell out of the game and not kill anybody except for the bosses and deal with them. Um, there is a bit of a broken portion of it in Human Revolution. You guys probably remember when the very first boss you had to fight in Human Revolution was that big old tank guy with the 
rocket launcher. Yeah. You know, if you were pure stealth, he was extremely difficult to beat. And then the director's cut, they they fixed that up. They patched it out. And yeah. uh, But initially in that original run, which is the one Gino and I played, um, the only reason I was able to beat him so easily is I took a rocket launcher with me just in case because I saw how big the guy was and that helped me out. But I remember Gino telling me he had such a hard time with that boss. And that that's just a balancing issue. It's not that the mechanics themselves are broken. It's just they didn't balance the boss right for that battle. But aside from that one mm-hmm. boss, the rest of the bosses were challenging and you could beat them in, in multiple different ways. And, uh, and that's just a testament to how well the game design is in there. On top of that, you have how um, how amazingly detailed that game world is i mean no matter what building you're in there's there's documents lying around that you can read and get more about the world there's all the the digital books that you can pick up and read to find out the history of what caused the revolution what why there's all these people who are angry about what's going on and how it's hurt the world i mean stuff that you don't need in order to beat the game but stuff that definitely fleshes out the world which is very important for this world building um even though the original deus ex had a lot of that the way it's done in human revolution in particular is is in such a way that it makes you feel that you really are in a, in a in a real world in a place that can actually exist just because of how fleshed out it is and the way the characters are, are mm. have been developed in that game is amazing but again back from a gameplay standpoint yeah i think it's very well balanced mm-hmm. and i do like uh i do appreciate what they did in the director's cut for that specific boss because i always thought I played both versions, and it was weird if I wanted to do stealth. Now all of a sudden, I'm an action hero for this one fight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just felt kind of weird to me. And then the director's cut, uh, you know, addressed that. It lets you do the alternate way to beat that mm-hmm. guy. Um, so that was pretty. Like I liked what they did there. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's I think. Uh... It's really interesting that they went back and addressed that issue because, you know, had they not cared about what the, you know, the fan feedback, they could have just been like, well, that's just the way it is. But, you know, they went back and I think you can beat that whole game in director's cut as like as stealth, right? Absolutely. You can now. Now you can. And, and to me, I think that's really cool. Like, um, because you can still play that original experience or you have the newer updated version. Excuse me. But what about you, AJ? Well, as far as the gameplay elements go, gameplay elements, I love the modern games, right? Like uh, the intro mission for uh, Human Revolution was just like so like mind blowing oh, to me, just because it was so different from like any other like intro mission that I had ever played before. It was like you really clearly saw your choices like right before you start. It's like, oh, do you want the, the shotgun or the, the the tranquilizer rifle? And I'm like, tranquilizer rifle, sure, why not? And then I realized, like, you know, yeah, like, I have to start sneaking through the vents and, like, you know, being careful. And so, like, it was really cool. And then, like, my favorite mission from, uh, like, the whole franchise, really, would have to be, like, the, the, the second mission right after the, the intro mission. Where you have to, like, go into the police department. And, like, oh, uh, gameplay, yeah. like gameplay mechanic, I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm just going to walk in. Like, they're going to let me in. Like, cool, ex-cop. Haha. And then the guy at the door was like, I don't like you. Why are you here? And so I was like, oh, I failed like the, the dialogue checks. So I was like, what do I do now? I'm like, I'm locked out of the police department. And then you could like literally like hop over the fence and like sneak into a vent to go up. So I was like, wow, that's really cool that like, yeah, maybe like I failed the speech check, but like now I can just sneak around. And like, but I, I had to like literally like hop a fence and like I was stuck <laughs> on that for like ever. 
I was like, how do I get into this police department? I was like, I don't know what to do. And I finally was like, oh, then we'll just hop the fence, climb up the vent. I was like, all right, cool. And then I was like, so happy. I was like, I get to do the rest of this mission now. <laughs> and, then, and then, but yeah, and then like uh, the side quests were pretty cool too in that game. Like they had their own little cool little narrative arcs, you know, yeah. and that tied in more or less with like the like the main storyline. Uh, I also like the inventory management. That yeah. was a lot of fun too. It's like its own little mini game in a sense because you have to like make sure like okay like it takes up this many dimensions i have to rotate it make it's sure like, everything's good it's like resident evil almost like with their yeah. inventory mini before mm-hmm. well it's like and you mentioned mini games so, and like that's one thing i didn't talk about is like the oh. mini games in there i thought were a lot of fun like, like the, the hacking? hacking i actually really enjoyed them yeah yeah the hacking too was a lot of fun like that's like one of my favorite aspects of doing like a stealth gameplay would be like the hacking just because they're like tough little puzzles on their own that make you think like uh let me like figure out this way and you know so yeah it's pretty cool i did actually I love- have trouble with the hacking at first too like i got the hang of it eventually but like that first one i was like the hell are all these symbols <laughs> it took me a while to get into it yeah and yeah so that's i also like the rpg elements to it like you know level up select your skill tree like what do you want to go down like so that's always it's it, it scratches a lot of boxes for me that I really love. Yeah, um, you know that 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 action RPG. It it I think it's pretty hard to do it well, honestly, because usually it's more one or the other. And um, I think one thing. I mean, I haven't played them as much as you guys obviously have, but I mean, just what I have played. Uh, having those options, the skill trees and everything like that, I, I feel like it's it's balanced pretty well, you know, and especially with the options for pure, you know, pure combat or the stealth, uh, having those options, you know, you can actually go back and almost play like a completely different uh, game just because of the of your method. And having that kind of playback or I'm sorry, replayability is definitely, I think, a, a testament to how well that game is designed. I mean, especially for the newer, for Human Revolution specifically, I, I'm not sure if Mankind Divided is as dedicated to that. Oh, yeah. They are. They are? So both? Okay. And then, of course, the original... Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> that gameplay is rough. You know, I'd say that's that's definitely where it, it falters the most in the original game because... There's no hand-holding at all. You know, you're just thrown to the wolves, and it's like, all right, I'm going to upgrade, you know, the sniper rifle all the way, or I'm going to, you know, pistol or shotgun or, you know, lock-picking. Like, they kind of like Mass Effect 1, they give you so many things that you can upgrade, but it's definitely worse in Deus Ex because you have more things like swimming, you know, are you really going to swim enough to where you need to upgrade that skill? So I can't really speak at all for Mankind, or not my Invisible War, um, because, I mean, I, who's really played that one? I have not. Yeah. No one has. I mean, I've, I've, played, I've played Invisible War. Don't so, lie, Gino. You, uh, you've never played a, it. A, d- a decent way. 
<laughs> I believe he has. Okay. I never played it. <laughs> Sorry, Gino. Continue. <laughs> no, that's okay. I feel like we're picking on Gino. <laughs> <laughs> we always pick on Gino. But it's because he does shit like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna get into it, but not right now, even though this is the question that you're supposed to be getting into it. No, seriously, so Invisible War. So how is it compared to the rest of these? Uh, I mean, you know, one of the things that it doesn't do, um, that the others do really well, um, is put you into that world um, enough. But it really does, uh, it does some really neat things. Um, so I do remember there's like this mission. There's a couple missions that were mind-blowing when I played them, I remember. Um, there's one where like you go to this club and I remember you get dragged back to somebody's house and like you have to like, I don't, I don't, I don't even remember, but it was really cool. But then like right after that, you know, you meet this like alien faction and they're like, hey, like, come join us and we'll do all these great things for you. And, and you know, you get the choice. Like, do you want to come with them and, and like go do their shit or do you want to go over here? So it had a lot of neat, really neat things. And I think I, I stopped playing because I got stuck somewhere. But, you know, when I was into it, it was engrossing. And I really, uh, you know, I saw like I was like, well, what, what are these people complaining about? It's really neat. Um, but. You know, having played Human Revolution and Mankind Divided, now I kind of see like where their uh, their their problems were. And then the original one, yeah, I mean that that gameplay is kind of rough, right? But uh, I do see a lot of um, invisible war in in Human Revolution and, and Mankind Divided too. So you know, I guess it's just to your taste. I think part of it is because there are some aspects of Invisible War where the ideas were good. Because again, they're trying to streamline a process that in the original Deus Ex wasn't very intuitive. Um, you know, the keyboard controls that they had in there did not make it easy in order to switch between weapons and not make it easy for you to determine, you know, what was the best path for you to follow because, you know, it wasn't very clear that the game was as open as it was. The, again, they just kind of dumped you in it. So you, you know, at that time, what were we playing? We were playing first person shooters. This is a first person game and people are thinking, well, of course I got to max out all my guns so I can blast through everything. And that's not the way the game was intended to be played, right? People had to learn how to play it the right way, but because it was so new, its style that's why it kind of fell off the way it did like even though it's so highly regarded because of its story and because of what it brought in you know we, we talk about games all the time that change gaming but that doesn't mean the first game is perfect right they did mechanics that that were incredible for the time but since then those mechanics have been refined and what invisible war tried to do was try to take those mechanics and streamline them but i think it really didn't get fixed until human revolution i think human revolution is really the one that did it right and uh, and did it in a way that that made yeah. it effective and which is why that game is so popular and why people are now revisiting those original games yeah hmm. so i uh I think that kind of will lead into our next question for my co-host to ask you all. Yeah, so kind of going still along the lines of the gameplay, kind of uh, just to get an idea how everyone approached the games differently. Uh, and I guess kind of, uh, I only played uh, Human Revolution and Mankind Divided, but uh, what was your... in? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm having a few technical issues here. 
what was your play style like in these games? Was it more focused towards combat or stealth? And I'll start with Bobby. I probably leaned more towards stealth. It, it was hard for me because I'm one of those guys that likes to balance everything out. Like, you know, we did a we did a Star Wars episode and we talked about games like Knights of the Old Republic and and uh, that's a game where you have a light side or dark side. And I always wanted to be that guy right in the middle because I wanted to take advantage of both sides. And it's the same thing here with this game where I wanted to be stealthy, mm-hmm. but still have the ability to, you know, to be survive a firefight if, you know, stealth didn't work out because I hate failing missions. I hate feeling like I have to mm-hmm. stick to one side of the coin or the other. So, yeah, I probably leaned more towards stealth. But I built my character in a way that he was still proficient in specific types of firearms, like you know a handgun and maybe a heavy, a heavy type of weapon. You know, I gave him abilities to do things like punch through walls. So if I need to escape quickly in a firefight, I could find a hole in the wall and punch through it and escape. You know, so I tried to play it more balanced, um, and and it worked out. I mean, I never felt frustrated. I never felt like the game was working against me, and I never felt like I couldn't beat it. So I mean, I was able to get through it without any issues. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, again, that's just a testament to, to the game design and the, and the planning out uh, of the game itself by the developers. Yeah, it's, it's really nice that it allows you to make that decision, too. Um, you know, the, the worlds are pretty open in itself, but just the way you can approach the game is open, mm-hmm. too. It gives you so many, like, different options. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, AJ? I always streamlined everything towards stealth. Uh, I don't know why. Like, it was just, for me, that was always the most fun. Like, sneaking around, like, in the air vents. And then, like, using, like, once you start getting, like, able to, like, spec out your weapons and, like, apply mods and, you know, change everything up, like, how they function. Like, like the basic tranquilizer gun that you start out with in Human Evolution could, like, really, like, knock people out. Like, even through, like, thick armor. And uh, you could even, like, upgrade your, like, uh, your 10 millimeter hand, your hand cannon, handgun, whatever it's called. And like, you know, put a silencer on it and like, you know, like just like poof, like it was so much fun. Like, so like I would always, yeah, like do stealth just because it was the fun of like sneaking around in the vents, finding like those cool hidden little stuff. Like you would find like upgrades and like hidden little things in like in vents and stuff like that and like alternate puzzle solutions. And so like, that was always just fun for me. Just, Finding out like all this other ways and looking at like the road less taken, right? Yeah. Uh, so like, yeah, then I would try to like do like I tried my second playthrough to be like more combaty, more face to face and aggressive, but I just I couldn't do it. Like it was it wasn't as fun for me. So I just I stuck with stealth for like the longest time. And even in uh, Mankind Divided, like I'm like playing through it again right now, and I'm like, yeah, stealth, woo. <laughs> It's like, I, I totally nice. get what AJ is saying about the satisfaction because there are times where I would go combat heavy just because of the situation I was in. And then after all the dust settled, I would look around and go, oh, had I just found that vent and snuck in through it, I could have avoided all of this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then like yeah. there would be sometimes like where uh, the stealth option would kind of like lead you to like either having to be even like spec out more to stealth or you would end up like in this huge firefight and you're just like, Oh no, <laughs> you know? So it's like, you'd have to prepare yourself for like either event for like either or. And there were a few times where like I got caught in a firefight that I wasn't ready for. And 
I'd have to restart and like look at different paths again. So I was like, man. <laughs> and the nice thing too is the game wasn't so unforgiving that if you died in an area, it's not like you were sent so far back that you couldn't, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. There are good checkpoints in that game. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good checkpoints. Yeah. Like even on the PC version, like speaking of checkpoints, remember like quick saving a lot. So I'd be like, all right, I need to replay the last 10 seconds because I didn't go exactly the way I wanted it to go. Were you pointing at Gino, Frank? Because he was, are you paying attention, Gino? Yeah, he's there. He's just leaning over. I'm right here. <laughs> it's because you leaned over and your shirt's black and it blended in with the couch, so we thought you had left. <laughs> That's fair enough. What about you, Gino? Mr. Metal Gear. Um, yeah, yeah. I already, I already I mean, know the answer to this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, if there's one fucking thing I'm tired of in video games, unless you're playing fucking Doom, like, enough with the guns already. You know what I mean? Let's do something else. And not to say that that isn't fun. It is. But um, when you're given the option to do anything else, I'll always pick something else because it's like oh good they gave me more guns oh great you know um but yeah um i think i think i made it through mankind divided without killing anybody and i think in human revolution i killed like one or two people by accident (laughs) and i was pissed (laughs) so i need to go through and and, uh and do it again look gino's a guy gino's a guy who will go through metal gear multiple times for the purpose of getting a no kill run you know, or no, no, even a no detection run, right? You've done those before. I've done, I've done will do again. <laughs> Which, uh, that, not to get off that is impressive. It's Matthew's birthday, so we have to just celebrate that just for a quick moment. So <laughs> that was the moment. Your solitude. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> nice. After Veterans Day. <laughs> You know what, man? I like I give you guys total kudos because I don't have the patience for stealth gameplay overall. Like the for the uh, the first mission. I mean, besides the intro mission, and then when you're trying to stop the terrorists in the first mission, the Human Revolution. Like I did my the best I could to just not uh, kill anybody. So I knocked people unconscious. I you know moved their bodies. I shot them with the tranquilizer guns. But it's like so annoying that it's like oh he's been discovered okay i gotta knock that guy out oh the other guy's up now i gotta knock him out and it's like i just don't have the patience for it you know um and that's why like i've never been able to get into the dishonored series metal gear i have like a love hate relationship with um and it's mostly just because um oh you love it because you you love shut up shut up you you love it (laughs) No, I love the story and stuff. Like, the gameplay I have issues with. Like, I just don't like the sneaking around. It's even, like, in the Arkham games. When you have to sneak around, I'm like, ah. Like, let me just kick somebody's ass. Like, why? Uh, you know, like, I understand, like, maybe sneaking around a little bit. But, no, I just don't have the patience for it. And I think that's probably why I haven't really, you know, really uh, dived into just be doing a pure stealth gameplay just because I just don't have the patience. I just, it's to me, it, that's not fun. And not to say that it isn't fun for everybody, but it's something that I'm not enjoying. So that's 
why I'm kind of hesitant to go back to it in addition to the motion well, sickness. Like if I can um, bring up Aldo, you guys, um, I remember Aldo <laughs> did not like Human Revolution. He made it clear that he didn't like the game. And then one day he decided to play it again. And this is because like Gino and I, and I think Mike were talking about it and how good it was. And he went back and played it and he, he played it totally combat. You know, he went in as a tank, destroyed everything, punched people when they told him no, you know, didn't take no for an answer. And he loved it. He, he came back and he said how much he really loved that game. And I mean, again, that's a testament to how well designed that game is that you can you can play it totally stealth like Gino and AJ. You can go lukewarm like I did, go half and half, or you can do go balls out like mm-hmm. Aldo did. And I play both sides. <laughs> that way, I always come out on top. <laughs> so I mean, that, and I think that's the beauty of the game. Now, so I totally get the the motion sickness, and that that's totally understandable because I know this is not a single game issue. There's been other games that you've talked about where you've had that issue. Um, but if you if you can figure out a way to get over it, yeah, I think give it another shot. Totally be worth it. And I was going to bring this up at the end, but I would recommend playing the director's cut on the Wii U if you can get a copy of it. Okay, oh, I have a because copy of that it. one I think is is the best version, and I really think the touch controls on the gamepad, especially for the mini games, is very well implemented. And uh, and it's just to me, it's a it's a superior version. But that's just a, a personal opinion. But the rest of you are wrong if you disagree. Man, poor Wii U. Yeah. Let's let's just tip our hats to the poor console that just never had a chance. I'm like, I mean, I, it, I it, still have stuff in here, <laughs> so I can't. I mean, if you, if you think about it, like, okay, so Nintendo, or just just a sideline, really quick. Nintendo Super Nintendo, solid. Nintendo 64 is when it kind of took a dip. It was a really popular system. It did sell well, but it did divide fans. And then uh, the next one was the GameCube, which didn't sell well at all. Then you got the Wii, which sold. It's one of the best-selling consoles of all time. Then you had the Wii U. Uh, Then poor Wii U. I always see the Wii U as like the transition between the Wii and the Switch. Kind of like trying out trying out like different things to see what, what well the, worked, what would. the the game pad you yeah. know um but, but that whole thing i mean i liked my wii u i spent a lot of time on it i mean i played yeah. zelda on it i played bayonetta and all those games yeah just didn't have the third party support and i love that system it's my fatal frame machine <laughs> a fatal frame was cool on it but going slightly back to Deus Ex, like I do, I do have it. <laughs> I do have it on the Wii U, and I, I agree with Bobby on the touch controls because that was really cool. But I personally, I hated having to hold this, the tablet through that game. That was a little uncomfortable. That I can understand. Yeah, and you have can to. You... Oh, really? I was going to ask if you could just oh. use the uh, Pro controller. Yeah, but you still have to use the mm-hmm. tablet. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember if it worked, but like, it was still awkward because you're you were switching between both of them. Mm. But I can't remember for sure. I don't. I want to say that you couldn't use a controller in that I don't game. Know. I never did. I I had no problem using the tablet, but I I totally get because you know it's kind of like with the Switch too, where at least the Switch isn't as as clunky as the tablet for the Wii U, yeah. but you hold that that switch because it's wide and 
you're holding it this long that it tends to, after a while, feel like, okay, I need to put it down for a bit. The problem hmm. with the Wii U was that it was like you were playing a portable console that wasn't portable. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like you were playing a portable game, but you still needed a television for it. It's, it's just weird for me. <laughs> oh, man. Nope. Stealth gameplay. It's just so frustrating to me, which sucks because it means I'm missing out on really great games like the Thief series, yeah. Dishonored, Metal Gear to an extent, and Deus Ex. But well, you know what it is? It's I think it's because when I play those games, I already have it in my head. You know, it's it's more to give you that uh, that alternate you know stealth experience. I mean, I played the first mission of of Human Revolution, just like I did with the first mission of Dishonored, challenging myself to do it all. You know, like no, not necessarily no detection, but it's like no kills. You know, trying to do it as minimal combat as possible. And I think maybe I just need to stop challenging myself and just actually try to enjoy the game. I, I can get it. I can get your opinion on things like uh, Dishonored or whatever that are geared towards that. But Deus Ex is a game where you really can. You don't have to do stealth. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you should try to give it a try. I mean, motion sickness. I know that's an aside. Well, I think but, Dishonored yeah. is but, another yeah. good example of a game that balances out those pretty well. I mean, I I do think it does lean a little bit more towards stealth. But I've watched people tear through that game without using stealth abilities. Oh, yeah. And now, granted, they've been playing it a lot. But, I mean, even when I played Dishonored, I didn't always play stealthy. You know, I killed people and uh, didn't hide bodies. And I would kill multiple enemies at once. Um, but to me, they're... Yeah, but then that affects the ending. Sure. But I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that at the time. So it didn't matter. I just wanted to play through the game, enjoy it. And if I got the ending I got... If I want to see a different ending, then you have to play your change your gameplay style. And I mean, I don't feel obligated to have to play a game again just to see a different ending. I mean, I play the game for the total enjoyment of the package, right? I'm not going to be like, oh, I got this ending. Fuck that. I'm, you know, I'm going to play through this game again just because I'm angry about the ending. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Imagine being like that. It couldn't be me. <laughs> and I usually do all sides, man. Like Mass Effect does Paragon and Renegade. But uh, did I? Sorry, did I get every? Did I ask everyone that question? You did. I think uh, you didn't really elaborate yourself on uh, as much. For me, it was just stealth. Uh, for me personally, I felt that fit the character of uh, of Jensen like more. Like I feel that he was a guy who would stealth approach all those situations. Um, and kind of like AJ was talking about that second mission with the police station. I did, <laughs> I tried to gun my way in there one to the first time. Cause I was just like, eh, let's see what happens. And I got like killed right away. So then when I found the, the vents that I could get in there, I thought that was cool. So from that point on, I, I was always looking at every situation. I was always like, okay, there's gotta be something around the corner in an alley or whatever. And, that in itself became like a puzzle element of the game too. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed just finding all these different ways to approach situations. And that was a lot of fun for me. So I, I mainly did stealth in the game. 
for human revolution. Cool. Alrighty, so um, I'm gonna go ahead and ask this next question since we've talked so much about the gameplay itself and everything like that. Um, I thought we we kind of take the question in a little bit of different direction for Deus Ex, and that would be if you could pick one enhancement of all the enhancement and upgrades in the series, which one would you pick to have in real life and why? And it's limited to only one. And I'm going to start with AJ. Man. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I would totally pick uh, the social enhancement one, the one that showed you like people's pheromone <laughs> levels and like, what the, like their alpha beta waves and all that stuff. And they're like, this person thinks like an alpha. This person's an omega. I'd be like, give me that one. Like, cause I'm awkward. So I'd be like, oh, this person's like, all right, cool. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hands down, that'd be the one I'd pick right away. Just, I'd be like, all right, cool. You know, it was, it was funny because um, I was talking to somebody and when we we're hypothetically talking about enhancements or you know superpowers and stuff it's like if you could always if you could pick the ability to fly or be invisible so many people pick invisible and it's like you're not gonna do that like as a good thing for anybody there's no good thing that comes from being invisible you're doing it because you don't want people to see the fucked up shit that you're gonna try to do that you're gonna be a pervert and you're gonna spy on women or you're gonna try to kill somebody without anybody you know like you know what i would be a pervert totally i'm not gonna deny that <laughs> it would be awesome when i'm at work if i knew somebody was looking for me like to do something <laughs> if i could just turn invisible like right in my office so like i wasn't there i would use that <laughs> you're still as, gonna be at your computer i would use it for that typing at the anything. keyboard and someone's gonna be like holy shit yeah. mike's office is haunted <laughs> <laughs> it'd be like hey mike i need you to do this and like oh uh, i guess he's not here you know i totally do that nobody in the office would ever know that I worked there still, like, for years. <laughs> oh, you'll still man. be pulling a paycheck. No, and... It's like, Mike's yeah. never here, but he's getting all his work done. That's so weird. I guess we'll pay him anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's all that matters, man. It's all that matters. Um, no, I think it's funny. Uh, and you know what, AJ? Then you'd be able to, like, go into, like, sales and just make a killing. Exactly. Or like public be like, hey. public office and be like, hey, I know what y'all want. <laughs> Man, but that's a lot of people though. That's that's a lot of pheromones to read. You're really like <laughs> looking through the crowd, you're like, okay. That's what about uh what about you, Gino? Uh, you know the like in Mankind Divided where he has that like gun proof thing he turns into that. <laughs> I don't know what it is, like uh, like a brick of glass or something. I think I'd just do that just because it would be such a parlor trick. You know, everyone I'd ever meet for the first time, they're like, oh, you can do that. I'm like, yeah, look. And it would, you know, then the thrill would be over. But, like, it would be there every time, right? So I could, like, meet all these new people under the guise of, like, you want to see this cool thing, right? And then, uh, like, you know, if ever I was caught in the middle of some <laughs> urban war, then, you know, it would be a bonus. So... I'll go with like you know Kevlar body thing. <laughs> nice. Always, always Never thinking ahead, you know. Urban word. 
gonna. I don't bring think him. I'm that much different than Gino because, so he there's this augmentation ability, um, that when you fall from heights, you can create this. You take no fall re- damage. Well, yeah, uh, the, the, the Icarus, Icarus landing, landing system. system. There you go. And um, and I I like like I I'm not really big on heights and you know it's it's a human thing right where like heights are scary, but if I had that Icarus landing system. I could climb, you know, go go up high mountains or things and then be able to like, hey, I'm just going to like jump off this mountain. I'll be okay. That way you can experience it, the terror, without actually being afraid of getting injured from it. Um, even though technically you could do something like that with bungee cords, I still worry things like that will snap and I'll die. But, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, for me, it would be that Icarus landing be- system. I, I would do that also. And I would use it at work all, as well. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I can just jump out the window. Like, all right, guys, I'll see you tomorrow. And just, like, jump out. <laughs> I don't know why Mike's not here, but his fucking window's always broken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was good. No oh, man. I get, I get bored at work a lot, <laughs> if you can tell. <laughs> Your mind wanders, clearly. What about... What about you, Mike? So, um, I mean, would you go with the invisibility one? I think I'd rather with? have invisibility just because I think it's I can do more with that. I don't know. Get away with more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What about I, you? For me, I think I'd honestly choose like the uh, the rapid healing. So, you know, that way I wouldn't have to worry about the like medical insurance <laughs> anymore. Like I can just be like, nah, I don't need it. And then, you know, hopefully eventually when we get universal health care, I'll be like, I'm covered anyway. But thanks. I'm glad everybody else is able to get their, their needs taken care of. But I mean, because I think about everything, all the other, you know, abilities that you have, you know, you, it's like you have better weapon handling or you have like augmented strength and on a practical day-to-day basis, I'm not really going to use those. So, I mean, um, like, but where I can, you know, eat like garbage or I can get into a car accident and I'd be like, nah, I'm like, I'll just heal myself. Sir, you know, your leg's broken. Nah, I'll just walk it off. (laughs) (laughs) Passing something in an alley, you'd be like, you know, what, what the hell? Let's give it a shot. Let's eat it. <laughs> hey, for pizza. <laughs> no, I mean, get a gas station sushi. You know, that's that's. Uh, <laughs> do gas stations have sushi? I'm not I'm not sure. Remember that? Does. Yeah, that's how that's how Fry got those uh, those parasites in him that kept him perfectly healed in Futurama. So. Oh, that's oh, right. That was a egg salad sandwich. But wasn't it from a gas station? Yeah, okay. it was from a gas station. But no, that's not sushi. I mean, it, it might as well be at that point. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's negligible. <laughs> I mean, you know what's funny is that I did see a YouTube ad. A YouTube ad for 7-Eleven and their, uh, their pizzas and burgers. I'm like... Who the hell is like, oh man, that looks so good. Let's go down to the seven eleven to get a pizza and a hamburger. Yeah, that's that's uh I'm 
late to a meeting and I had to gas up my car and this is like my only option at the moment. I don't think anybody like wants to go there for food. Yeah. Well, in defense of people who no, find Seven I- Eleven food attractive, when I was young and my 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 mom wasn't working and it was just my dad, we didn't have a lot of money. So on Fridays when he would get paid, our our big thing was to go to Seven Eleven and get nachos with chili sauce and uh, and get chili some chimichangas yeah. okay, that, and, and a Slurpee. Yeah, we did that. We did that in in, in uh, high school, you know, too, and stuff like that. I mean. Not I'm not knocking it, but it's just like it's it's just not something you think right. of. It's not like we were watching commercials and seeing commercials for seven eleven chimichangas going, holy shit, yeah. that would hit the spot right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this this question is really Yeah, we're not even talking <laughs> we about off. anymore, man. <laughs> we're not even talking about video games at this point. <laughs> yeah. No, the uh I mean, all the enhancements are pretty cool, but you know, a, a lot of them they 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 serve a very particular purpose in a dystopian world. So, I mean, that's why I thought it'd be interesting to hear your responses because if we were to get them in now, I mean, because to me, like augmentations in general, I think are a really interesting concept. Like, I totally augment my body. Like, give me my robot heart. Like, I'd take that. <laughs> you know, I want my I want my 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 automatic uh glasses that give me night vision and everything like that like that'd be cool well, it's, it's but you want robot uh, hair. i want <laughs> jensen's sunglasses <laughs> i'm sorry AJ, that was just <laughs> it's like, robot like you know hair. just let me like let me think about the way i want to style it and just be like you know what i want to go like super long like a, like uh like one of those play-doh hair guys where you just squish it down in there <laughs> oh, <exactly. laughs> <laughs> you know i think oh, i think man. the game like we're, we're talking about these augmentations like oh this would be so neat but i think the game really does a great job of, of handling in a way where like the character adam jensen has these augmentations forced on them because at the beginning of the game yeah, right cause... he gets his ass blown up and so he loses all these body parts and they replace all these parts right it wasn't something he wanted to have and um yeah, i didn't exactly. ask for this but of course, he takes advantage of it and uses it, and uh, and he shows how he can use them well. But the other thing that they deal with is all these people who have augmentations are also dealing with the fact that their body rejects the augmentations, right? Because they're mechanical, and mm-hmm. of course they're human, and so they there's this huge issue with this drug that they need, and and there's this whole conspiracy theory about well. They, they make it seem like there's a shortage of the drug so that way they can hike up the prices and people have to pay Ludus prices or prices. And then you have people like, you know, people who can't afford it or because it's so expensive, they're living on the streets. So, so like that's what life. I'm saying. I mean, it's like the worst case scenario of <laughs> real life, right? Where there's all these people that need help, but because the corporations run everything and all they care is about the bottom line, all these people are suffering for it and they don't care. And uh, and the game does a really good job hey. of, of representing that and showing the downside of it. I don't think it makes it definitely does not cherry pick, in my opinion. It does not make one sign. It doesn't glorify one thing over the other. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one thing that's really funny too is that because you hear sometimes, especially lately, it's like, oh, I don't like when my games are political, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, if you played any any like game with any sort of corporation like it's political because it's going to be talking about class inequalities 
going to be talking about, uh, you know, income issues, supply and demand, like all those things factor into like politics and especially with a game series like Deus Ex. I mean, in the first game, there's this uh, conspiracy because Unaco's, uh, you know, investigating this conspiracy within the, well, I don't remember what the name of the organization is, but, you know, it's like this terrorist organization and they're pretty much working for a corporation, right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And uh, as far as that goes, it's like, it just, it just hits home so much, especially with the political climate Mm -hmm. that we have right now, because now more people are aware of it. You know, it, it like it's not new. It's not new at all. It's just become more well known because of things like uh, the internet and globalization and social media and stuff like that. It's just, um, it, it's just crazy to think that these games really kind of reflect real life. It just it, they're almost like an allegory for real life for us in the United States. And I mean, and pretty much any developed country with, you know, big inequalities between the classes and stuff. Well, they nailed that very well too, in that series, especially with human revolution. Mm -hmm. And I guess mankind divided just their, their setting is how they're telling like a real world scenario kind of, but just using these different characters and factions and stuff inside the games. But mm-hmm. yeah, it is very close to like things that we have to deal with. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah, I think like uh, even in uh, Mankind Divided, they get more into like the the segregational issues of like you know, yeah. being augmented versus non-augmented. And like one of the cool things, like you know, it's cool, but it's also like sad and unfortunate because it really does happen, and it has happened. Is like where you like if you're taking like the subway, moving in between maps, like. You know, it's inconsequential. Like you could pick like non-aug or aug side, but then like every once in a while, like if you go on the non-augmented side, and once you board off, like the police hassle you on the other side where you're at. They're like, "Why are you on the non-aug side?" And it's like, "Watch yourself." Like I'm like, what "The hell!" I'm like, "Why is this?" I'm like, I'm like what? But it's a real thing that happens. Like you, you know, it's like it's discrimination. It's like and and like mankind divided. Like really, they harbor in on like the discrimination part. Like really, a lot. Yeah. Hmm. No, and you know, and I think it that's that, that's a really good thing to bring up too is that um that just seeing that kind of prejudice uh it it's very socially aware um yeah. because it it does make it feel like a real world which sucks because that, that the real world is like that but at the same time it's it's a good way to 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 tell the story and make it relatable Mm-hmm. What about you, Gino? Anything to contribute to this? No, I'm waiting to tell my grand story. <laughs> well, if you guys want to go on to the next question, I think this is more towards Gino. Um, and feel free to expand on it, Gino, but the question itself is... Uh, what were your feelings about how Mankind Divided concluded, and do you think they'll continue the series in the future? Yeah, I'm going to expand on it. Yeah. 
because I think you need. I think you. Okay, so I'll, I'll tell my big one. I don't know if you all want the you all want the short no. version, right. longer version. Okay, go for it, man. So, um, so I couldn't play. Uh, I'm going to turn this. Oh no. Um, so I couldn't play the first one initially because I didn't have a computer that supported it. And then I played Invisible War. And then, you know, I liked the experience that I had. And then they announced, when they first announced it, you know, I, I remember getting really excited about it. Like, man, that's going to be cool. But everything has a shelf life, right? So by the time it finally came out, I almost canceled my my order for it. I'm like, you know, I mean, it's been so long. I, I kind of care, but I kind of don't. So I, I, you know, finally when it came out, I said, you know, I'm just going to keep it. it. It'll be cool. And I couldn't decide... You know, Christmas comes and I'm like, well, what do I play now? You know, um, so so here's where like it all intersects. I don't know that it actually intersects at this point, but um, so it's Chris. It's New Year's Eve of 2011. And my best friend is getting married. And hey, I get married. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, we're already <laughs> married. right? So so, um, so one of my best friends was getting married. And I, and we won't say who it is because, so I was in, I was in love with this girl for like years and years and years. Not anymore. At this point, it was like, oh, you know, no, it's no big deal. I'm going to go. It's going to be fun. And you know, there was no like emotional attachment there, but that's still, there's still history. Right. So then, um, there was that. And then, uh, simultaneously, like I'm in love with this other girl who like, I'm just about to ask out, I think the same day. And she she calls to tell me like oh you know well I'm getting married <laughs> so like, so whatever whatever so I go to this wedding and you know there, there's a lot of emotion at this this wedding you know it's like oh my god you know like ah uh, it, it was just it was just kind of unbearable um, and and so I I get home and it's just past midnight I think or you know one in the morning or two in the morning and my sister who's in like Hawaii calls me and she says, you know, our roommate was just murdered. Um, and so I lived, oh, I, I lived in Austin for about five years. And, you know, you have, I lived with my sister and we had roommates also. And this girl, um, she, you know, it, it was, it was really, it was terrible because she was this really sweet, sweet girl. Um, just really nice, uh, you know, the most gentle person you'd, you'd want to meet, you know. And uh, so she's murdered um, New Year's Eve. And my sister is calling me from Hawaii uh, on a volcano side, <laughs> the side of a volcano or something. And so this is what I go into. And, you know, I'm, I'm just like, wow, this is you know, this is crazy. So all this is happening in one day. And, and like for some reason at two o'clock, I'm like, you know what? Where's that deus ex? So like the misery just, you know, compounds into this uh this moment when i start playing deus ex and it just uh i don't know man like they say games pick you and that was one of those times where it just absolutely picked me and i think it is and it, it will always be it's it's in my top i would say top god uh it, it's got to be in the top five because it just defined what i wanted from games i think from that point because it's um, you know, it's not about violence. It's not about guns. It's very cerebral. You know, it's asking big questions. Um, 
it, it does it in a, a really uh, beautiful way. The entire thing is really melancholy. I mean, all of it. And, um, you know, I, I just thought it was so brilliant, so much about it. And it just, like, it hit home. Um, so, uh, yeah, and I think that was a, that's a gaming experience, I think, that changed my life. I mean, that was just so, it just was the perfect moment. It was the perfect game. So, yeah, I mean, I could go on about it. But, yeah, that's the long story. You wrote about that, didn't you? So, yeah. I remember reading an article you said you were talking about all this stuff. Sorry, go ahead, Frank. No, I was just going to ask. So so what do you think about the way that Mankind Divided ended, though, as far as so, like. Yeah, so so uh, Human Revolution does this beautiful thing of like, you know, just making everything so uh, uh, so very, uh, I don't know, tactile, like you um, you feel it. You feel it. And it's asking these big questions. And then you go to Mankind Divided. And, you know, it's not a bad game. It really isn't. Um, and that's not what I want to get across. But it isn't asking those big questions, really, I don't think. Not as much as the first one. And it's not doing it in a way that's really trying to get at you. I think it uh they they tackle moments in it there's a there's a side mission where there's somebody like in inside this machine or like on the side of a road somewhere and it's like an ai but it's not an ai i mean it, that was the closest thing and it was really beautiful like this one mission um and there was some others but that one was the one that struck me that was most like mankind like human revolution so i think i think mankind divided i think they they stripped away a lot of that psychology from human revolution and they made it just more accessible which is to its detriment because i think that's what made human revolution so brilliant is that it wasn't trying to be for everybody you know um so but yeah i still liked mankind divided i still want to finish that series and i love that voice actor i mean he just he is that character so i i can't I do. I will say that I think Cyberpunk is going to put that development, the Deus Ex Three, back by about ten years. I don't think we're going to see it anytime soon. So I I do know that they uh, they had it planned for a third game, but then they canceled it at the time because the company was moved over to work on the Tomb Raider game at the well, time. And then one of the heads so, of IDOS who headed off. Uh, Deus Ex had left as well. Uh, so it's kind of in limbo right now, I guess. I would like to see them finish it off there. Um, uh, do you have anything else to add, Gina? No, I mean, I could I could go on about those two games for forever and ever and ever. I will say that you know the first one, since it's in in it's in total darkness. I think the whole thing, um, and then to have this very harsh, you know, daylight setting for most of it uh, in Mankind Divided really that's the first yeah. thing that kind of took me out of it. So yeah, but, I mean, I still love both games, um, but yeah, this Mankind Divided, uh, you know, I wanted more from it. I think. 
and I think that's the way most people felt. But I think part of um, what you lose in Mankind Divided is like, whereas Deus Ex Human Revolution, because it's ascent, it's the prequel to the whole series, has to introduce all these concepts and explain how the world is working. So everything that's happening is is underlying. It hasn't been exposed. And and on top of that, it takes place in an American city, Detroit, which we, you know, for years now has have been looking at it as one of the fallen cities of our mm-hmm. country, right? You know, we look at it as a it's mm-hmm. destitute. It's it's one of the one of the worst, uh, or at least you know, for a long time, it's had a lot of issues with um, um, corruption, crime. Well, and then crime because of the corruption. And crime, yeah. But um, that's its main focus. It takes place in, in Detroit, and um, so it's very much an American story and in mankind divided, it takes place in Prague and there's nothing wrong with moving to the city. The city isn't the issue. The issue I think is, is that by the time human revolution ends, pretty much everything's been exposed. You know, what's going on, you know, who's at, who's at fault and you're trying to find out more information. It's like, but at that point there's no more, it doesn't feel like there's more mystery to it. It's kind of like one of those things where it's like, Hey, we told this story and you guys figured it out. And then it's like, well, then how do we expand on that? It's kind of like with the, the original Matrix movie, like where the original Matrix, the way it ended was like, well, you know, now they're free. I mean, you don't really need to go further than that. But then it's like, oh, the movie is so popular. Now let's make two more. And they had a really hard time coming up with a story to follow up that that first movie that encapsulated everything so perfectly. And that's the same thing with me with Human Revolution, where everything story-wise was encapsulated so perfectly in that that first game that it was very difficult for them to figure out how to follow it up with mankind divided and expand on it and maintain that sense of mystery. So I think like what AJ said earlier, when it, um, the, it did an excellent job maintaining the gameplay. Um, or maybe it was Mike who said that story wise, it wasn't as engaging because it was obvious that they have, were having a difficult time creating a follow up. Yeah. And it does feel like it's, Kind of like all the stuff happened in Human Revolution, and then this is just like the aftermath, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and the the other thing I, I personally noticed with it is it is very short yeah. compared to the other games in the series. Um, there's a point at the end, it just kind of feels like it just abruptly ends to me, honestly. I mean, I guess they kind of resolve the in-game story points. Um, I didn't go back and try to get any of the other endings, but um, I, I felt like they were setting up for like diving into that kind of New World Order-ish organization. Mm-hmm. I forgot what it's called. Like, like whatever the next game is going to be is more about that, or it's going to be about that. And uh, I don't know. I just I felt like they intended to make a longer mm-hmm. game, and it, they just ended up releasing like half of a yeah, game. Maybe right, it may be suffering from the idea it was they're trying to plan out a franchise before they have one solid idea to continue with. Yeah. Well, I, I think some of the development was also because of uh, because of Square. They kind of EA'd the whole game with the, oh, let's focus on the DLC and with the different, like... I remember one of the biggest issues with Mankind Divided was the pre-order, like, tiers. Oh, it's yeah. like, oh, once we hit this many pre-orders, then it, this will be available. And if you will pre-order from here, then you'll get this. And it's like, it you're like, so focused you know, on the wrong thing. 
there's like five different like types of like versions of the game they were planning on making. Because mm-hmm. like, it was like Walmart, GameStop, Amazon, Best Buy, and I forgot the other one. I might have just been four, but yeah, like to where you would get different, you know, DLC or, and it's, it's, I'm glad that that blew yeah, in the they, face and ended up just making it available for anybody who purchased the, the, you know, best yeah. edition or whatever. Given how the game came out, I wonder what it would have been like if you had to buy five different copies of the game. Like, I mean, that's just, I don't know. I don't think the game was long enough to warrant splitting it up that way. Well, did you play any of the DLC missions? Because I know there was like like three or four. I thought it was two. I don't remember how many there were. Oh, maybe it was just two. I think there's there's three, I think. And I played two of the three. I only reason I didn't finish was because I got stuck um, at some part. Uh, where you have to take out like all these turrets and like I just I was getting mowed down. So I said, "Oh, I'll come back to this tomorrow." And tomorrow never came. But I need to finish it. Mm-hmm. I, I want to finish it because the story was cool. Yeah. Well, I like I I bought it. Well, I got it digitally because it was one of the PS Plus games from before. And then the season pass for it ended up being yeah. There's so there's three. Yeah. Um. The season pass for it, it goes on sale pretty often. So I bought the season pass, which has all like the the ammo packs and the DLC. It's like it was like three bucks. So I just wondered how much it really added to the overall gameplay experience, like how much more gameplay you really got from it. You can probably finish it in about you know, maybe a day or two. Not much. Mm, that's not that. That's Geno talk. I, I I want like actual, actual like gameplay average time. Like, is it are they like one to three hours for the you know each mission or something like that? I haven't played. I mean, I played the game when it came out, and I don't remember how long it took me. I want to say like anywhere between maybe even like fifteen hours. Um. But what about? You're talking about uh, Mankind Divided. Yeah, I was right? talking about the DLC. Hang on. Oh, the DLC? I have no idea. I never Hang played on. the Frank's DLC. Frank's Frozen. May have lost him. Oh, with the DLC too. Hang on. No, I'm your, here. your camera's still messing up. Yeah. You're dancing really fast. Oh, it was actually you. <laughs> no, he, he was going fast and then it. It was just him oh. at normal speed, which is fast. Hey, Jay, did your headset die on you? <laughs> did you need to yes, like, did, plug it in so you can go back and use it? No, it's fine. See, this is why I'm against wireless shit. It's like, you gotta charge it. Like, see? I mean, yeah, I got a cord, but anyway, that's just that's just my old man yelling at a cloud <laughs> moment. <laughs> that's why I still go with wires as often as I can. Yeah, I have all my stuff plugged in. All right, AJ, in. I want to hear your take. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, I haven't beat Mankind Divided yet. <laughs> cool. uh, I'm still working through, through through it just because I I don't know. Like, I bought it, uh, like Frank said, on sale one time. Like, the whole package, the whole shebang was on sale for, I think, like, I want to say, like, $12 at one point. And I was like, yeah, cool. I was like, let me grab it. 
And I've been working my way through it, like, slowly but surely. And just for no other reason, just because I can start playing other things. But, you know, from what I've heard, like, you know, the ending itself isn't all that great. You know, it doesn't really uh, wrap things up all that great and just leaves everything kind of hanging. So, I don't know. I'm like I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. But, yeah, I really haven't actually been that one. I'm really before. glad I didn't go into detail when I was talking about the way that ended. I mean, even if you do, like, it's fine. At this point, I don't think we're worried about spoilers. I mean, I do think the Deus Ex universe is ripe for more games. Um, The fact that they didn't continue it in in a way where looking at human or looking at uh, Invisible War and saying, okay, how do we create a sequel to this game? And instead, let's just create another game within that universe. I don't see why another company or maybe IDOS, when they do another game, continue with that concept where okay, let's go with another character and let's build a game around this other part of the universe. You know, there's no reason why, because there's always stuff happening concurrently. When you're playing the game, that's what makes the world building so beautiful. You hear about all these other things that are going on. Why can't they take a character that's from Europe that maybe works for Interpol or something and maybe they're doing something in Europe and having to take care of it that somehow ties into the events that lead to what happens in, in Prague and Mankind Divided. I mean, there are all kinds of things you can do with a universe like this. That's why the world building is so important. And that's why I think there's a mm-hmm. that's why they can build uh, another game. Uh, I think why they're so hesitant though is because Mankind Divide didn't sell as well as they want. And you know sometimes these game companies yeah. don't face up to the facts and realize that they were their own worst enemy. And as soon as something fails, they'll mm-hmm. they'll be like, okay, well the fans didn't want to play it, and like that wasn't the case. It's because you presented it to us in such a shitty way that it made it difficult to bring not only prevent people who hadn't played the game before to buy into it, but also make the fans angry to the point where they waited until they had to sell the dirt cheap before they picked it up. I mean, come on, it was a PlayStation Plus mm-hmm. uh, exclusive for a month. Uh, we're not an exclusive, but a, a free-to-play yeah. game for a month. Um, and that's where it started kind of picking up traction again because people were like, oh, well, I loved Human Revolution. I heard this one was that great, but now that it's free, let me download it and try it out. But they don't look at it that way, you know, because mm-hmm. they do things all from a business perspective. And I, and I get that to a certain degree. But obviously, when you don't have people in place that are telling you why your game screwed up, you know, then you're going to always conclude that, well, because the fans didn't want it. And really, that's not the case here. We want we want more Deus Ex. There's a fan base out there because Human Revolution yeah. did really well and not because it's a fluke. It's because it was a damn good game. And uh, and if they continue in that in that mold, they can definitely release something that's even more great. Especially with what we can do with PCs now, and obviously with the new PS5 and the Xbox X series are capable of doing. Imagine how incredible that that game play could be, and how beautiful those worlds could look. I mean, at this point, the sky's the limit, right? Yeah. Well, and you know, and and you brought up a really good point too. And that's honestly, I think that's what a, a more companies should do is that they should. If they're really wanting to uh, invest the time in, in, into an IP is create these different stories within the same universe, You're either running, you know, along the same lines or like what we had talked about with Deus, or Dead Space um, to where you don't have to continue the story from the same protagonist. You can, you know, still, you know, after uh, chronologically from where the first game left off, but then go with a different character or, um or like what they did with extraction, you know? It's like it's very possible to do that, especially with a a world like Deus Ex, where it's got so many moving parts, it's got so many pieces that could, you know, easily be 
fit into it. I mean, look at Alien Isolation. That game, uh, it, it, you know, it's it, it's it added to the mythos. It didn't contradict anything that happened, you know, uh, on the timeline, you know, between uh, what was it, Alien and Aliens. Like they they just added to it and gave more of a story. And I think that's absolutely what they should do with Deus Ex. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like Gino said, uh, the guy who voiced Adam Jensen, it's so he he does such an interesting job because his his voice is so unique. It doesn't even sound like somebody you would think is like you know like a Troy Baker or a Nolan North, where it's like this silky smooth, and they're doing these impressions. You know, this he's got this gruff voice. Did you fix it, Pritchard? You know, and. <laughs> And I think his performance actually really fleshes out that character too, because you can you can tell he's just this bitter, you know, very didn't ask for this, you know, guy. Um, I don't know, there's just so much that they could do with that universe. It's a cyberpunk universe, in all honesty, like cyberpunk universes are very easy to fill, you know, to kind of put into because. They all have very similar themes. They all have very similar technology, but a lot of them have just very specific things to those universes. Like you compare something like the matrix, which is still kind of regarded as a cyberpunk, you know, to compare to something like Blade Runner or, you know, Deus Ex uh, compared to other cyberpunk stuff, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? (laughs) Did a, Did anyone play The Rise of Tomb Raider? That was the third one, right? No. That was... I think so. Yeah, that no, was, I thought no, Shadow. Shadow was the third one. I think yeah, Shadow... I, I, I played Rise Shadow, of Tomb Raider. Yeah. That's the second one. I played the first two. I still haven't played Shadow. Oh, was it? Because that was the game that they went to... That they made instead of... Uh, I the, think it bombed because... <laughs> I think Shadow was... Uh, it was either that one or Rise that ended up being free on PlayStation Plus. But I, I think that well, one actually, didn't no, do it was well. Shadow that so, didn't do well. Rise, Rise, I think yeah, they expected Shadow. it to do better than what it actually did because of how popular the first one was. But it's one of those things where it sold about as well, but you know they invested so much more money into it, thinking that they were going to make the product better just by throwing more money. And I mean, as as we see time and time again, you know, like the other the other problem is is all these big companies like like Square Enix are always trying to make these blockbuster games. It's like that's all they do now is they just want to make blockbuster games. They don't want to do anything small. They don't yeah. want to do anything that, you know, when it sells a million copies, it still makes you money. You know? I see you guys. Oh, what? No, there you go. no, he just said oh, that okay. he couldn't see us. I'm I'm jumping in and out. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. Something's going on with my home network, man. I don't know what's uh, going on. Must be all them cyberpunks. So, well, that's why there's two hosts. You know what? That's, I, that's what I was going to say. It's, it's, it's a conspiracy because <laughs> it's taken us so long to actually do this podcast. And then we're having technical <laughs> issues. It's like they don't want the, our stories to be told about 7-Eleven. The tragic events of 7-Eleven. Oh, man. Yeah, but I, I just think game companies need to like. I'm gonna I'm gonna use Ubisoft as an example here, where with their Assassin's Creed oh, games, yeah. and 
you know, to to their credit, they have created a very fascinating universe with Assassin's Creed. And the one, the other positive I want to point out is like when they failed with Unity and how badly it came out, and you know they patched it up. They didn't then say, okay, Assassin's Creed is dead, and then they just moved on to something else. They revisited and see how they could improve it. And Syndicate came out. Syndicate was better, but it still wasn't great. But then they released Origins, and, and, and they started finding, particularly with Odyssey, like Odyssey is the one that got all the rare reviews. So they found a way back, right? They found a way to improve the game, and that's something that these companies can do, but they have to be really willing to take that financial risk. In the case of Ubisoft, they're fortunate where the owners of the company – uh Vez Goumont or however you pronounce his name in French in their names, right? The um they they uh he believes in the system because basically it's his baby, right? It's like Rayman and uh Assassin's Creed are his two babies. So the problem with Square Enix is the higher ups, it's not their baby, right? Because they're paying IDOS Montreal. It's their baby. So IDOS IDOS Montreal needs to convince them. So I mean if IDOS could find a way to just fund their own yeah. game and not have to worry about getting a publisher to do it. They, they might be able to bring that thing back. But I don't think, you know, we need a Deus Ex game that is, you know, bigger than everything else. You know, the one thing I am worried about is they're going to, if they allow a big company to, to fund them, they're going to say, well, we need to make it more open world. And just, just for the sake of making it more open world, because that seems to be the thing. I mean, the open world games that work that are popular is because they're good games and they're well designed. I mean, Red Dead Redemption 2 doesn't get all the attention it gets because we can see the balls on a horse. You know, it's it's not because you can run around in random locations and just, you know, shoot whoever you want. It's because there's compelling gameplay play throughout. And it's the same thing with the GTA series, the same thing with the most of the Assassin's Creed games. And with Deus Ex, you already have a compelling game. You just need to get a company that believes that they can do it without getting in the way of the developers at IDOS. <laughs> Yeah. And well, also, there's also like the other elephant in the room of Cyberpunk 2077 coming out and seeing how that's going to go. Like, if it follows, you know, traditional CD Project Red standards, it's going to be pretty good. And that's going to kind of put a whole kibosh on like that, unfortunately, that whole genre for a while, you know, which is kind of going to suck because, you know, not that I want, you know, Cyberpunk to fail. I want it to do amazing because, you know, it looks amazing. There's, going to be pretty awesome but you know at the same time i think like everything else in that genre is going to suffer just because no people are going to be like we can't touch that like you know depending on how well it does you know and so if it's like i said like usual standard fare then it's going to be pretty awesome and you know it's going to it's going to put a hamper and be like well we how do we do day use x without you know people being like oh it's the next cyberpunk and you know so i, guess I, I think i'm sorry go ahead so I just I just think that let's say Cyberpunk 2077 does amazingly well, right? And everyone loves it. It gets all these great reviews. Typically, don't these companies go, okay, how can we replicate that? And I think, and my, that's what I'm saying. I think my yeah. worry is that they're going to go, oh, well, you know what? We already have the Cyberpunk property in Deus Ex. Let's just make it more like Cyberpunk. That's my worry. And that's what that's what I don't want them to do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you also make a good point. Maybe, maybe because it will be so well done, people won't try doing it. But I mean, when GTA three did so incredibly well, so many GTA clones came out, and some of them were successful, and oh, yeah. many of them were terrible. But that's what that's what I think would happen. Now, my other worry is that if twenty seventy seven yeah. does do fail, to... then you're right; it would put it on the kibosh. I think. Yeah, and so it's really one of those interesting things. I mean. 
you can never go wrong with more more of the genre, more of the characters, or anything like that, you know. But you know, it just it, it kind of puts like things like on hold for a while, and like I, I don't blame them for like not rushing out and saying, "Hey, we got a new Deus Ex coming out," you know. Is like you said, like you know, the technology is great now. We can have like open world situations, like you know, like things won't be looking as processed as they did, in, like in the PS3 or PS4 versions of these games, you know. And then like you know. You have your controllers now that can have like haptic feedback and all this good stuff. That so, you know, like the technology is there to play with this concept of technology in video games. And so, yeah, like I want to see what happens. And I think like this universe is great for that, just because it's not afraid to ask those questions, like Gino said. And another part of it too, though, is they really need to make sure whatever they write for it is they spend a lot of time on the story. That's what made human revolution so great mm-hmm. i hope they uh if they do do a continuation they i don't know i just i i was a little disappointed with the way mankind invited well i'm like itself, AJ where I, I didn't finish it because <laughs> honestly i got bored yeah. yeah there was there was a point where i had to push through man because i was just kind of like eh, i don't really want to do mm-hmm. <laughs> do this right now like the like Prague is pretty much I don't know that's like the only mm-hmm. city you see in the game I think and I remember in Human Revolution you were bouncing from like Tokyo and like so all the other Detroit, places that you visited and... in that yeah Detroit Hong Kong mm-hmm. it was like it felt bigger than uh, yeah. Mankind Divided was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean. You know, it's gonna. I I don't think it's honestly gonna be a lesson that the game companies really learn. It's because anything that doesn't make them a huge profit, you know, they're gonna consider a failure. Um, and you think about, uh, like how many dead uh, franchises and IPs there are simply because, not that the games, you know didn't sell it's just they didn't sell amazingly so companies just abandoned it they're like yeah we'll look for the next biggest thing and um and it's funny too because i remember reading an article uh was it like 2014 or 2015 where they were already predicting the next big video game like industry crash uh because of things like micro uh, microtransactions and how there's not true upgrades to systems and stuff like that because they're saying from PS3 to PS4, and you know, it's like it was it was an improvement, but not compared to like the PS2 to the PS3 or PS1 to the PS2. Like, um, and I, I don't think that we, like we'll have a proper video game crash. Um, I think at anything we're kind of experiencing it now just because of the pandemic. You know, we're not really seeing a whole lot of huge titles being pushed out. Um, like this year has been kind of dead. You know overall for you know due to circumstances well my counterpoint yeah in a year with two next-gen consoles coming my counterpoint to that Mm -hmm. is the last several really this generation in general there there have been an overwhelming amount of games to come out during the year and it's hard to keep track of everything and the pandemic has created breathing room to allow some of those games that may have been ignored to get get to see some light of day and get some attention. I think spreading out some of these games has been to a benefit 
to other games that we may not pay attention to. I mean, it's probably not the best example, but like, you know, I didn't expect Animal Crossing to become the huge seller. It sold something like 25 million copies already. And and it's been out for less than a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Animal Crossing, right? And I know the Switch is super popular, but we're talking about, you know, like a quarter of the install base of Switch owners now. Because I think the number of Switch owners has now hit the 65 million mark or something. Because now it's outsold the original Nintendo. And so, I mean, we're talking about nearly a quarter of the people who own a Switch or over a quarter of people who own a Switch have a copy of Animal Crossing. And and that is not mm-hmm. a... a type of game block blockbuster game that we would think of or um in the summer you had releases of games like ghost of tsushima which you know those Mm -hmm. games sold a lot because they also were not surrounded by three other huge releases competing you know and so i think yeah if the if if they probably won't but i'm hoping that the publishers can can learn from this and understand that hey Maybe spacing things out isn't a bad idea. Like for me, Cyberpunk being delayed wasn't a big deal. I think people make a big deal about it because it's it seems to it's been delayed multiple times. No, but I come back. Yeah, but you come back to the fact that you're hoping they're delaying it because they're trying to make the best game possible, right? They're not trying to salvage something. What's CD Projekt Red? So I do because they have a pedigree that they are now. If it was somebody, yeah, if it was something from like Ubisoft or EA, it'd be like. They're delaying it because, you know, they don't want to compete with like another game's release date, or they're delaying it because, uh, like, there's a production issue, not because they're trying to make a better game. Yeah, a better I mean, game. We've seen those situations where they just force games out, and then we as a co- consumers pay for it because we buy a game that ends up not being what they said it was going to be, and uh, and then either we wait for patches, but then that hurts them in the long run too. Obviously, that's that's we see that happen a lot. So I don't know. I mean come on for like the last 15 years there's always someone predicting the crash of the of the of the video game market and video I, game yeah no i mean i i don't necessarily i like i don't really agree with that like i'm just saying like it's it's not not going to be a crash it's going to be more just where uh it's really gonna just kind of change the way like gaming industry is really handled as far as game releases and i mean it's already changed a, a huge amount just in the past 10 years i mean microtransactions before were not really popular and now it's just about every single game has got them in some way shape or form in the form of like dlc or loot boxes and stuff like that mankind divided did have that kind of monetization where you could buy credits and stuff to yeah. purchase things in game and then i don't know like, mm-hmm. how the dlc for mankind I mean, divided fits in but it does feel like you know the original game felt short and then suddenly you have three dlc packs to expand the story and it makes you wonder so that square enix then have them remove chunks of the game so they could release these dlc to make more money yeah. which i would not put beyond them yeah i'm curious because i didn't sure. expect them to have any dlc when it came out I thought that that was like the whole game. Uh, and I don't remember. Well, I guess I should have expected it because of the way they were trying to market it in the beginning. Like with the different tiers of of a uh, game you could do. Mm-hmm. So I guess I should have expected them to be holding something back to release later. Well, 
I mean, uh, like, I don't know how it really adds to it. It just, yeah, I don't either. Cause, cause there's, there's right way to do DLC and there's wrong way. Like for me, like one of the right ways that I've seen DLC was like the first last of us with the left behind DLC because they added to the story. It didn't take away from the main campaign at all. Whereas something like Mass, Mass Effect 3, where if you don't have From Ashes DLC, you're actually missing a good part of the 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 story, especially um, since Javik is so really vital to getting background on uh, the Reapers and everything like that. Well, it's even like so, with uh, Human Revolution, they had the one DLC pack. I, I forget what it's called. The Missing Link. The but, Missing I mean, Link. It had no you know forbearance on the main gameplay if you missed it because it takes place in the middle of the story and it just adds to a part of the game that you didn't get to experience but by missing it you don't lose anything in the game either so that to me that's dlc mm-hmm. done right but like you take a game like azura's wrath from capcom and we all know like oh. that game ended in a way where it was obviously not concluded and there are what two dlc packs for that one yeah. Right, and then one of those DLC line. packs gave you the the, well, the ending of the game. You know, it actually concluded. Yeah, the actual yeah, ending. That was that was release. I actually bought that game on Xbox Live like a year or two ago, and it did come with that those DLC endings. Thankfully, because I never bought, I never played them when the game was actually released. But yeah, that's that's like. Uh, Bad, bad DLC. I don't want to. I don't want games to like pick up on that trend. Well, they already have, unfortunately. Yeah, but like, I mean, like, I don't want it to become the norm. Is I guess what I'm saying. Mm. Like, I don't want to play Legend of Zelda and not fight Ganon, and if I don't buy the DLC, you know what I mean? Like you, yeah, you no, beat I know the last mean, dungeon. Man. Just find out there's a DLC pack where there's an extra dungeon where you actually fight Ganon. <laughs> yeah exactly like i don't well, see games doing that yet but you know well they actually have i mean not not yeah not, but not, not many like of them all of them like well yeah not like a normal thing you know you're never gonna see that in a zelda game at least i hope not no you or, won't you know no, that, that's what i mean i know it's being done like to a lesser extent but i uh i just hope that doesn't that, ever that it doesn't on. become the norm or yeah I don't yeah, know exactly. what time we changed the podcast, but or started a new podcast, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We've been on this one for a while, like like this new topic. I well, I mean, it ties straight. into it though. I mean, because yeah. it ties back to the question because mankind divided ended very abruptly. I mean, that's that's what what was your main complaint, and that's why I asked this question is because, uh, you know, with the DLC. Does it really add to the game? Um, do you know? Do you think that they should continue it? You know, if the, if maybe like do like Bobby said and just tell a different story in that same universe. I mean, I would say do that honestly. I mean, as much as I'd like to I, see an end to this with that, you know, in any way. You said like you said you had played two of the DLC lot. packs. So how do you think they fit into the main game? Do they? Do they add to the ending or do they blend in with the main story? What is your opinion or what do you think? Um, 
I would say they're more in line with just kind of I, I don't I, I don't quote me on this because I haven't played them in a few years, but um, it felt more like something that was inside of the main story, not not like after the the end of the. So game. do you think they were worth adding to the game? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I I, I mean, anytime you get to. Uh, with Pritchard, it's it's so. Fun. What's your opinion on this? I mean, <laughs> did, did it bother you that you had to get additional DLC to expand the play, or were you satisfied with the amount of time you had? Were you able to put into Mankind Divided? Um, as I mean, as far as like uh, deal, like being upset that there was DLC, well, first of all, or Mankind that I had Divided, get, did or... you feel that it was too short, especially in compared to Human Revolution, or did you feel the narrative was satisfying? Um, for me, it was satisfying only because I thought we're getting ASX three or, you know, the next we're getting a, it's a trilogy. We're going to get a, a, you know, an ending. So it's fine to leave something, uh, kind of unresolved. Um, but then you get into the weeds when it's like, oh, Hey, we're going to go, we're going to drop this series and go work on the Marvel Avengers game for Square Enix, you know? So that's where it gets. Yeah, so once I heard that, then it was then it was frustrating. Well, if it makes you feel better, the Marvel's Avengers Avengers game has bombed so bad that they're like I think they went from having like I think six or, or uh, five digit player base down to I think just last week it was like 400 at peak. Yeah. But was it I yeah, Montreal who worked on that game? Yeah, there were developers. That's that's the main reason they left the Deus Ex series was they were, uh, I guess, contracted by Marvel to do the, you know, that garbage. Good. I'm well, glad I'm not it's because what's going to happen? Because... Square Enix is going to. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, because so is Idos oh, part studio? of Square Enix or are they just contracted for the game? Because that's the other thing. Because if they're if they're fa- if they're actually a Square Enix studio, then yeah, Square Enix can close them down. But I don't know how they're attached to them. I, I think they I'm I'm not I'm not sure. I'm really not sure, but uh I don't know if they're like in part of an internal internal development team or they're just on their own. But yeah, I mean I, I, I didn't want it to do bad for that reason, but I mean just just get back to what I love. I don't give a you know, shit about I mean, Avengers. I, I mean, who cares? But that's just I mean there's plenty of people that were like, I can't I mean, wait for an Avengers because... game, you know. There is okay, yeah, because I was just remembering that the PC version of Final Fantasy VII was developed by IDOS. So they've been with Square Enix, so they are a subsidiary. Oh yeah. So yeah, I mean, that, I'm yeah. I'm hoping it doesn't it doesn't end up shutting down the studio because that's the one thing published. That's another we we talked about this last time with Dead Space with Visceral Games that EA shut down Visceral because they didn't make a good enough game to make it money when it was the studio or when it was the publishers jumping in and continue to change things and and again i mean you're putting the blame yeah. on the wrong people and you're punishing the wrong people i mean it's just it sucks because then you have these good studios yeah. that then they don't they can't produce good works because you know these people who don't know what they're doing step in and try to make decisions yeah you know that's why like if i ever won the lottery and you know it was like one of the huge like three hundred dollar or three hundred million dollar like amounts. I'd be like, you know what? I'm just gonna start a game company. 
<laughs> with three hundred dollars, I'd be a millionaire. Like three hundred. But you know, I I I would just in, it, like I I start like a firm and just start purchasing like a lot of these old IPs, uh, just to get them away from these game companies that don't do anything with them. You know, um, or you know, at least do something better with them because. I mean, one IP that I can think of is like Double Dragon, where they came out with an amazing game. Like Double Dragon Neon is, you know, is exactly what they needed. And that game underperformed like crazy because, you know, it was digital only and it was coming out at a time when, I mean, it was like retro was kind of getting popular again, but it hadn't really hit its stride. And what did we end up getting years later was Double Dragon Four, which that game is a piece of shit. It's it's terrible, and uh, and now uh, who is it? It's uh, who has the yeah. IP now? Atlas it's owns Arxis. Is Arx, it? Arx, yeah, Arx Works or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah Ar- Arxis. They they have it now, and it's like, are they going to do anything with it? No, probably. I mean, maybe come out with another mediocre trash game, but. You know, like a lot of these IPs, they just need to be taken away from all like these publishers. At least they filled in the gap between Double Dragon 3 and Double Dragon 5. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to bite my tongue. <laughs> you know what? I'm like, we, we have to do a Double Dragon podcast. Like, <laughs> Even if it's just Gino and me. Anytime and anywhere. Nice. But I mean, I don't know. We could talk about this all day. So, and we've really, I think this is definitely our most ADD <laughs> yeah, we've, episode we've ever. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Um, are there any final thoughts that you all want to share about Deus Ex and it, our wonderful, you know, hiatus cyberpunk adventure universe? Or, the soundtrack revolution. Oh yes, soundtracks are, are good. Yeah. I suppose Gino didn't bring it up. Even from the first game. Yeah. Oh, I just don't want to go off on a tangent. <laughs> That's all we've done this podcast. And at yeah. least if you went off on a podcast on the or on a tangent on in this podcast, it would at least be about what we were originally talking about. It would ironically be very consistent <laughs> with this podcast if you went off on a tangent. No, well, not con- seeing, because- seeing the evidence before me. Yes, you're right. <laughs> but yeah, we, right. Probably, we probably shouldn't. Then, so. Okay, well, uh, if you've stuck with us this far, I really want to say thank you. Uh, I do want to thank uh, the, our guests, you know, Bobby, AJ, and Gino for joining Mike and me. And Mike, of course, it's always a pleasure to have you co-host. Um, yeah. If you haven't played Deus Ex, I'd say definitely start with Human Revolution. I think that's probably the best place to start. And uh, unless you have that nostalgic love like I do for old PC games, then start with the first one. But it's definitely a story worth checking out. It's it's a pretty cool universe, and you can get most of the games. I mean, you could probably buy all four games for under hundred bucks. So sale on Steam. Well, not a sale, but they're all on Steam in a bundle. Um, and if you do decide mm-hmm. to play that original Deus Ex, make sure to 68. download a GDX patch download or patch G- or mod mod. There you go. Yeah, it's totally for free. Enhances the game, 
makes it significantly better play. Helps reduce the issues with darkness, except apparently for Frank. Yeah, I don't Invisible know why. War is ninety seven cents. What? <laughs> it's well, I have it's all the same worth as a pack of gum. War, what the hell? So. <laughs> you know what? Let me see. I think I think I actually have mankind divided. Yep. I I bought Mankind Divided for four dollars. Nice. So yeah, they are all. Uh, you could honestly probably get them all for less than thirty bucks on sale. Um, but anyway, thank you all for joining me, gentlemen. And just as a, as a quick reminder, in this time during the pandemic, you know, check check yourself. Make sure you're staying healthy. Make sure you're staying indoors, masked if you go out and. Uh, not only that, but ch- check check in with family members and friends. You know, it's it's really good to to make sure that your mental health is good as as good as your physical health. Unless, of course, your physical health is garbage, to so make sure your mental health is better. So, so thank you all, and you all enjoy your evening or day whenever you listen to this. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Mike. Peace out. Peace. Deus Ex Machina, God from the Machine. What does it all mean? They're trying to become gods through machinery, duh. Title aside, the Deus Ex series does an incredible job bringing several gameplay and narrative elements together and weaves them in a way that is both engaging and progressive. If the latest attempts at RPG cyberpunk influenced games have left you feeling unfulfilled, then maybe it's time to find your God in the Machine. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Next time on OC Gamer Podcast, we discuss the fall, rise, fall and rise again of the God of War. Peace. This episode of Obsessive Compulsive Gamer Podcast was produced by Bobby, edited by Mike B, and hosted by Frank. If you would like to know more about the music used in this episode, please check the link in the description. Thanks for watching and listening. Check out our website at ocgamer.org for more episodes and articles on gaming.